Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today, and how blessed we are to have this opportunity to do so. You know, we have such freedom in this country to be able to come together through the medium of radio and in a very open and free way, just study God's Word, talk about God, talk about Jesus, talk about heaven and hell and eternal life. To be able to study the scriptures without fear of any kind of reprisal or somebody stepping in and saying, ah, you, you can't teach that. You don't know. We just have freedom. And we have the ability to have a Bible in our possession. In fact, for somebody who says, well, you know, I just, I don't have the money to buy a Bible. Somebody will give you one if you'll just search that out. A church will just hand you a Bible. I can't tell you how many Bibles we've just given away over the years and the decades. You can have a Bible. You can buy one probably in some dollar stores for a dollar or just a very small sum of money if you want to buy purchase one. How many people, though, don't just have a Bible, they have two or three or four or maybe even more than that in their home but they're sitting in a cabinet someplace, in a bookcase, maybe even on a closet shelf, and they hardly ever even pull them down, let alone open them up and start reading them. Now, some people, the biggest use they have for their Bible in their home is they keep some personal records in it, such as births and deaths and marriages and things like that. Well, that's not really what God gave us his word for. He gave us his word to read and study and learn and then to guide us to make the proper applications to our lives so that we can live the best life on this earth that anyone can possibly live and with the hope, the greatest hope that anyone could have, eternal life with God in heaven. We want to help you get to heaven. We really do. At the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us, jot down that information, contact us, and ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. It's not only free, we'll take care of the postage. We want to help you get to heaven. Studying God's Word is the basis for developing faith within your life. Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, we encourage you to encourage others to listen to these programs. If they can't fit them into their busy schedules each day, then tell them to go to our website, and you can do this as well, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that. It'll only take about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. It's free it always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help you get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you'll receive all of these radio programs automatically to your smart device every day. It will be automatic. Whatever device you choose, your smartphone, your computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be. But you'll also receive all of our sermons, all of our Bible studies each week, and a great daily Bible study, only about 12 or 13 minutes long each, each day, you can fit that into your busy schedule, called Today's Bible Class. All of that will be automatic 
And again, it will always be free. So tell your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, and you take advantage of it as well. Churchofchrist.com and sign up for our podcasting. We began this particular series of studies asking the question, how much do you think God loves you? Well, it would be virtually impossible for us to answer that in a really concise and definitive way, wouldn't it? Because we're talking about God. We're talking about God, the Spirit. We're used to finite things because we live in a physical form, in a physical world that has a beginning and an end. And, and we're used to that kind of finality. Things begin, things end, including our own physical lives. But God is infinite, eternal, without beginning, without ending. How much does God love you? Well, we read from Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints, that is all Christians, true Christians, what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes or surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There the Apostle Paul describes God's love for us in four dimensions. The width, the length, the depth, and the height of his love. We could call that the magnitude of God's love. But I like those four dimensions by way of description. The width, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love. Well, we looked at the width of God's love. How much does God love us in terms of the width he loves the whole world. In fact, we see all four of these dimensions of God's love really portrayed in John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world, there's the width of God's love, from one end of the earth to the other, all around the globe. The globe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, there's the width again, all-inclusive, whoever believes in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, what about the length of God's love? We noted that God loved us. He created us to love. He created us in love, and he created us to love him, to have a loving relationship ongoing and eternally so with him. God so loved the world. There's the past tense. He sent Jesus to this world to bring the message of salvation, God's message of love, to all of mankind almost 2,000 years ago. And while he was here, he gave his only begotten son. While he was here in the present of that day, he sent Jesus to the cross that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's the future tense. 
So we see God's love from the past tense, from the present tense perspective, and also from the future tense, everlasting, ongoing, into the future, forever. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, Paul talked about, in this particular context of Scripture, all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that are in Christ. In verse 4, he said, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Before the foundation of the world? What does that mean? Before God ever created the world. That's difficult for us to wrap our minds around, isn't it? Before God ever created the world? Before time began as we understand it? Before this world existed? Yes. God already had mankind in his mind and in his plan. And as we noted, when we were looking at the width of God's love, he created us absolutely unique from everything else he created. In fact, including all other life forms. Because he created us, and only us, in his own image, after his likeness. He created us with a soul, with a spiritual being within our physical bodies, with a spiritual essence. So we uniquely understand the very principles and concepts of goodness versus evil, of righteousness versus unrighteousness, of love, of love in, in a way that nothing else that God created can understand love. We understand the very principle, the concept, because again, he created us as spiritual beings as well as physical beings. And God, the Spirit, is love, John brought out in 1 John chapter 4. God is love. Now, before the foundation of the world, God already had us in his mind and in his plan through his love for us. In Psalm 139, beginning with verse 13, the psalmist wrote, speaking of God, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. God knows us in our mother's womb? Oh, yes, he does. He certainly does. And that ought to give us great pause and consideration as to the sanctity of life, even within the mother's womb. God knows us. And I believe we understand he, he loves us before we're ever physically born into this world. He patiently waits for us to come to him as we live upon this earth. You know, every single human being 
who is capable of understanding the concept and principle sins. We're told that a number of times in the scriptures. Romans 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what we want, the eternal life with God in heaven. We want to we bask in the presence of the very presence of his love for us in heaven for all of eternity. But we have to repent. We have to repent of our sins. We have to come to him through Christ, our Lord and Savior, confessing our faith in him as God's Son and our Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him, being buried with him, being baptized into him, Romans 6, verses 3 through 5 so that the blood that he shed on the cross can effectively cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. Acts 22 and verse 16. When many of the Jews asked Peter and the rest of the apostles on Pentecost, what shall we do? After they had heard the gospel message being proclaimed to them, Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. God has made the way for us to be with him, to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to have eternal life, to be assured of eternal life with him in heaven. But we have to turn away from the sins. But in his love, even though we have sinned, he gives us time to repent to come to him for forgiveness through Christ. The Apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The length of God's love? Oh, he's waiting for us. Before the foundation of the world, in his love he already had us created in his mind. And while we go through this life, he's patient, he's long-suffering, he's forbearing, giving us time to turn to him through our Savior, Jesus Christ. The length of his love. In Matthew 28 and verse 20, after Jesus had told the apostles to go into all the world and to every nation, proclaiming the gospel. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age or of the world. Amen. As long as we walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he'll always walk with us. The length of God's love. In Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor 
forsake you. Again, as long as we are walking with God through Christ in faithful obedience, he will always be with us. His love will always watch over us and see us through the length of God's love. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 103, beginning with verse 17. Psalm 103, beginning with verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Let me read that again. The mercy of the Lord, now God's love is behind his mercy. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Remember Ephesians 1 and verse 4, before the foundation of the world or of the earth, God already had us in his mind, his creation plan, and his love is central to his creating us in his image. From everlasting to everlasting, we're talking about eternal the eternal nature of God, without beginning, without end, from everlasting to everlasting. That's his mercy. Without beginning, without ending. From everlasting to everlasting, the mercy of the Lord on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Do you get that? In other words, generation after generation, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Now, verse 18 gives us the condition of God's ongoing patience, his love continuing in patience, giving us the opportunity, the time, as Peter, as we read a moment ago, in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, giving us time to come to repentance. But now, again, a condition ultimately that we have to face and meet is that we have to remember his commandments to do them. In other words, live by his teachings. John the Apostle wrote in 2 John chapter 1 and verse 9, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine or the teachings of Christ does not have God. But he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. And remember again, as we pointed out many times, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his commandment and to those who remember his or rather to the, such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them, not just to learn them, not just to agree with them, but to do them, to live by them. The length of God's word, of God's love, from everlasting to everlasting. Can you imagine and I, and I don't think we can fully imagine this. 
being with God eternally in heaven and living in the glory of his presence and love forever and ever, time without end, there in a place that is absent of sickness, pain, suffering, dying, tears, but also that is absent of wickedness and hatred and strife. Basking, living in, glorying in the love of God forever and ever, time without end. The length of God's love. Well, next we want to consider the depth of God's love. The depth of God's love. How deep is God's love for you? Have you thought about that? We should be impressed with the width of God's love, the length of God's love, and also the depth of God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, sacrificed his son on that cross for you and for me and for all of humanity, for the worst of the worst. That's the depth of God's love. We'll come back and talk about that in more detail next time. Now let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love. We don't deserve it. We just don't deserve the width and the length and the depth and the height of your love because we're sinful. We, we don't live up to your love for us, but you love us anyway. And you give us the opportunity through your love to be forgiven of our sins to get a new start from a spiritual perspective on our lives and to begin to demonstrate to you through our obedience on a consistent basis our dedication and commitment to you to show our love for you. Thank you, Father, for being patient with us and letting us have this opportunity. We praise you and give you the glory. Please, Father, forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name, amen.